And there was a point where I had to step back and really assess who am I, what am I doing, what is important, and how do I go forward after such a heartbreaking tragedy? And that, that moment led me to a passion project and learning and refueling and understanding more about what's important in life. Welcome to Unstoppable, the podcast for anyone who believes that their past and current circumstances do not define their future potential. I'm Karina Burton, your host and co-founder of CPR Construction Cleaning. This show is a series of co-founding conversations that share stories and experiences of unstoppable people. Those who are willing to change, discover what it means to be aligned, and who are also willing to face tough challenges that stand between them and their dreams. As a coach and marketing expert, I live my life believing that I am unstoppable. Now I want you to know that you are unstoppable too. Deidre, thank you so much for joining the Unstoppable podcast. I'm just so excited that you um, are one of our guests. Karina, thank you. I'm so happy to be your guest today. You are such a brilliant and accomplished um, woman, but really human. You have done so much. And what's so impressive to me is that your desire to continue to give back to those um, in your industry, in your circle, um, anyone that you can connect with. And you, with being such a powerhouse individual and still having this extreme desire to help other people um, is not something you see all the time. And uh, you're a really great example of that. What really led you to be this, you know, published author, this PR extraordinaire, and truly understanding how important communication is for our success? Well, first of all, thank you so much for the way you led into the question. I really appreciate what you shared. And just on the note of giving back, I was really lucky. I guess I've been surrounded by people who gave to me, who showed me in different ways how to build a career, a business, how to be a better communicator. And I mean, that started from when I was growing up all the way through school and even now the mentors that I've relied on. So giving back is just something in everyone that Mm -hmm. I think is important because you get to a point when it's time to, to help others. And that's what I've always believed in. But you asked about the communications. And I, I'll just say, I fell in love with communications. Mostly it started with public relations and wanting to be a better communicator when I was in high school, believe it or not. And it stemmed from writing, a, a love of writing. And I teach people today how to be better writers and speakers and to get their stories out there and to be unstoppable <laughs> like like you. Well, you definitely are unstoppable. So you mentioned that you really had this ingrained in you um, your whole life. You know, what what was Deidre like? And what, you know, when you were a kid, what, what was that um, experience that you had? Well, when I was a kid, first of all, early on, I really was like every other little kid. I thought I might be a veterinarian. <laughs> I thought I might be Miss America. I had all these aspirations. But I started to realize in high school, I became more outgoing and expressive. And writing has always been a great way to share a piece of you. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky to have a guidance counselor, speaking of somebody who mentors, who said, you're really good with storytelling. I had won some essay contests. Uh, It was a radio contest out of New York City. And I won the essay contest. And that just propelled me forward sometimes. And and this is self-fulfilling prophecy. 
<laughs> what you tell yourself, and Karina, you, you know this, it's the self-talk. So when you have people around you saying, you're a good writer, you're, mm-hmm. you're a great writer. And then when I got out of college and I, I kept writing, I went into a, a PR firm in New York and one of the clients was an author. And he said to me, we were talking about writing and I'd share a little bit. And he said, you know what? You're going to be an author someday. I thought, wow, I'm, I'm going to be an author. Start believing that early on and you can do anything. So that's how the, the writing, the storytelling, the love for media and public relations. And now I'm a trainer. I train people how to align and get into their communications flow within 60 seconds so that they can get out there and speak and, and feel great about it. But a lot of positive self-talk. It's always really impressive and inspiring to learn about other people who really, you know, feel the, those passions really early on, right? And they, and they hang on to it and they hone in on it, right? Because there are so many of us who are like up, down, left, right, like I don't know. And then eventually they find their path and their purpose. But the reality is a lot of times they'll look back and see that it was there all along. They just couldn't see it. Right. And then there are some unique people who can see it and hang on to it. You know, when you were going to college, you know, what, what did you graduate in? Were you just fully engrossed and you're like, I know my plan or was it like an evolutionary experience? So I did graduate in communications, specializing in public relations. So there was something there that I knew, but Mm -hmm. then I would add on to enhance and there were different iterations of me. So when I graduated college, I didn't realize that I was going to get an MBA and then launch my own business and become an entrepreneur what I thought was a public relations career and running somebody else's company would always pivot. And those pivots were based on trusting my gut because that's something that I also think sometimes we don't do. And we look back and say, Oh, why didn't I? Thankfully Mm -hmm. I made these pivots so that the core of it, the core communication writing, speaking, and what I love just kept morphing and being reinvented. When did you see that it was really an impactful um, skill? When did you see that aha moment where like, wow, this is life-changing for people to storytell and to communicate, um, to help people in that area specifically? So there were a few aha moments. And I think one of them was the big reinforcement moment. Not that I didn't know that I could help people. I I always knew that I was helping and people would be learning. And and even when I owned an agency, we were still helping, whether it was a, a, a large brand or a small brand, to unlock stories and to get out there and to really share whatever the value that they had. But I think the big moment was when my partners at the time, they were authors with Prentice Hall. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even see it coming, but the publisher came to me and said, you know, I heard you just wrote this 400 page manual that brought a business online. It was a newspaper group. And he asked me, what do you think about writing a book? And we'll call it cyber branding. And I thought, oh my goodness, that was a moment where it took everything that I was naturally doing for the company as an owner Mm -hmm. of the company and what I would do for clients to be able to package it in a big way. And, And writing a book for me was always a way to give on a higher scale. Because you write it once and then a lot of people have access. Well, that was my first book and I cried the whole way through it because it was was a tough process. (laughs) By book number seven, I was much more confident and knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But that moment, 
I remember was a defining moment. I mean, you have 30 plus years of PR experience. Um, you know, you mentioned that you had owned this business. You are also now self-employed, but you know, when you graduated college and you're like, I'm going to be the rock star, unstoppable PR in the world, you know, where did that lead you? What were you doing next? How did you end up into becoming an entrepreneur and owning your own business? Well, it was, I, I must've been bitten by some kind of entrepreneurial bug. <laughs> I remember the, the moment I was working for a pharmaceutical consultant who had a, a advertising agency and a little PR agency. Mm -hmm. And he was relying on me quite a bit to, I'm not going to say run the business, but there were pieces of the business that I would just keep in motion when he would go down the shore for the entire summer. So it was almost, I'm going down the shore, you keep things afloat and I'll see you in, it's a Jersey thing. I'll see you after Labor Day. <laughs> and I realized, wait a second, if I'm doing this for somebody else, why don't I do this for me? And it was this, this huge moment where I said, okay, I'm going to try something. Mm -hmm. And I decided I was going to do some freelance work on the side. And before I knew it, I had launched a business, shocked my family because they had no clue where I got this entrepreneurial spirit from. The, the big joke is my grandma was a bootlegger in the twenties and she sold Slivovich, <laughs> I guess out of her basement during prohibition. And that's, she was an entrepreneur. Oh, that's where I must've got it from. Yeah. But in any case, that's what happened. I just realized if someone else relies on me, I can rely on myself and get the job done. And I did, I launched a company. How, how long were you, you know, out of college going and working, uh, you know, for a business and then when you launched it, was it a couple of years after college? Was it? It was 10 years. It was 10 it was years. So probably, it's not, it wasn't it was, overnight. <laughs> it, was, it was about 10 years because if I think about it, I graduated now, this is the way back, graduated college in 1988. <laughs> so by 1998, I had launched a business. Now in the interim, those 10 years were filled with working in different capacities. It was agency in New York. I went in-house for a health, it was a skincare and hair company, a distributorship and a beauty school attached to it. I was doing PR there. Then it was, I took a hard shift and said, mm -mm, I'm gonna get serious. Started my MBA and was doing the pharmaceutical work brand generic. And that's when I said, okay, this is it. I, I can do this. I had all this, all different types of experiences and somehow it, it built up my confidence. Would you say that there is a, one of these experiences that really um, led you to have more like self-reflection, like um, you had to dig deeper for yourself because maybe, you know, you're like, I need to know more about this, which ended up being potentially your secret sauce. And you're being like, okay, I can do this. I'm amazing at this. And I'm going to share, right. This is what makes you unique. This is what makes Deidre, you know, it for, um, communications. Well, I do remember when I was working in New York for the agency, before I even became a full-time employee, they had me, and I, I mentioned that one author who was a client, and he said, oh, you're going to be an author someday too. Mm -hmm. I was the intern, and they let me pitch his media tour. I landed some really good media for him in New York, and then I went out with him on the tour and took him to radio stations and to different publications for interview, because back in the day, that, that's what you did. And I always wondered, is this a case of incredible trust mm -hmm. in an intern because they <laughs> saw something? 
Or was it just a really crazy day at the agency and they didn't have anybody else to go out and do this? Well, in my heart of hearts, I wanted to believe it was the former rather than the latter, mm -hmm. which propped me up to say, that's special. That is really special. And it was at this agency where I did certain things. I raised my hand. I stepped out of my comfort zone. And the uh, senior vice president of the agency said, that's it. You're coming in the conference room and brought me in to meet with clients or for brainstorming meetings. The opportunity was incredible. Mm -hmm. And I think that once again, that was a mentor. When somebody gives to you in this fashion and mentors or sponsors you in a company, it gives you the, the legs and the breath and the depth to find in yourself to do something that's special. What has kept you so passionate to be able to, you know, keep scaling yourself and improving in areas? I mean, you have so much, uh, you have a wealth of knowledge and expertise, but, you know, along the way, life is not easy, right? We have so many things that come at us. What has kept your momentum to get you to this place where you're like, I'm 30 plus years of this experience? Well, there's two parts of this. The first part of my career was this incredible passion and excitement. And it's still there about being an entrepreneur and yes, helping people and stepping out of my comfort zone. However, I won't say that the uh, calm and the clarity and the way that I, I feel so much more aligned today. Mm -hmm. That's the second part, which is more recent when, and, and you know this, Karina, my stepdaughter, Noelle, had passed away tragically, unexpectedly. And there was a point where I had to step back and really assess, mm -hmm. who am I? What am I doing? What is important? And how do I go forward after such a heartbreaking tragedy? Mm -hmm. And that that moment led me to a passion project and learning and refueling and understanding more about what's important in mm -hmm. life. And I think that was the, the second way that I now have a different kind of passion and love and the way that I'm moving forward. So it's always been passion all the way through. It's just, I see life differently now. And yeah. the way that I'm helping is a little bit different as well. Absolutely. I think that so many times we will have these transitions in life and it's because we're faced with difficulties, with hardships, with circumstances that can redefine you either in a positive aspect or in a negative aspect where you give up, you believe your circumstances are what's going to define you or that, you know, you have to live in this state of loss and despair. But every time we scale out of that within ourselves, we have the ability to grow in such a way that we never would have had our minds expanded. And, you know, sometimes it is through like, real difficult tragedy, but, um, that's, you know, life it's, it can be really, really difficult and challenging when this happened for you, were you, you still had, um, the company that you were, you were referring to, um, and how did that change your entire, uh, experience as a business owner? So I had already made the transition from agency owner to my consulting strategy firm, Pure Performance Communications. And I guess the, the way that it changed was that I learned a lot more about what I call my, my passion project is, I won't say was, is feel. And it was a study of millennials, which came to really mean that 
what millennials are looking for in business leaders and the people around them feel is an acronym. It's mm-hmm. people who are facing their fears, engaging with empathy, using ethics and good judgment, and people who know how to unleash their love. And from there, I took feel and turned it into, okay, how can I, there's so many professionals who come to uh, any communications opportunity. They show up with their talking points and their executive presence. But wouldn't it be amazing to learn how, how to feel first yourself, to face your own fears and where how empathetic you really are and how ethical you are and how much love and passion you can show so that you can then understand how somebody else feels. Mm -hmm. And that's a better connection. So I really dove more deeply into emotional intelligence and that became a big part of what I was doing and a part of training. So now more than anything, I've discovered I love not just media training, because I did that for a very long time, even in agency life, but communications training, influential communicator training, which means I would love to see every business leader get aligned and in their communications flow within 60 seconds or less. And that's something that I love to do. And it takes calm, It takes being Mm -hmm. clear, concise, and confident so you can get in that flow. And that's how you reach the influence and impact and make those connections and have synergy and really do whatever it is that you want to do, which is build relationships. And what would you say, how would this, you believe this actually really, like when we talk about growth, right? Because I'm sure business owners who come to you are like, I want to improve my ROI. I want to make more money. What can I do? And really it can start just within themselves, right? And the way that they're doing their communication presentation, putting themselves out there with PR. But what would you say would be, you know, in a measurable uh, analytics of growth? How can this really transform your business by utilizing these strategies? Think of it as communications performance training. You can have the greatest ideas and you could be so smart, but if you can't communicate that calmly, clearly, concisely, and confidently, and be completely aligned from your voice to your verbal cues, which is verbal fluency and your cognition, how quickly you can pull from your brain to speak what you want to say, and then all have it flow out of your body. There's a difference because people are perceiving you as they're watching and listening. And in order to create that impact or to have them say, I really believe what Karina is saying, you have to be able to be in full alignment and flow for that to translate on three levels for them. They're going to hear it in your voice. They're going to listen to the words you're saying. It's going to make sense. And your body is congruent with everything else. And it's flowing out of you. Most of the times you will say something, it'll sound good the words there you're you're hitting your talking points but your body's leaking some kind of stress our bodies from the micro expressions in our mouths to our eye accessing to what your eyebrows do to how you hold your shoulders that all leaks how you subconsciously feel yeah and no it's, it's fascinating. so true it is actually very true because we can have these tendencies or habits and people will read other people's body language and their mannerisms. And perhaps they're really not trying to indicate something that another person is thinking. So being in a really like neutral state and being able to stay in that um, mindfulness of how you're presenting, um, being clear and um, not 
I just did an um, and I know that's when you're not even. Just on the note of the 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 ums, the uhs, the <laughs> likes, the sos, it's okay when they slip out. It's just when you have 13 or more in a block of 100 words, which is about a minute, that's when people will tune you out. They can't comprehend. So you're you're mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was just funny because I'm like being very mindful. I'm like, I'm going to make sure. But it is true. Sometimes naturally, organically, when we're having conversations, it's going to come out. But it is really important to be mindful of that because it really also helps people stay engaged with what you're saying. Uh, It helps you to sound very knowledgeable, like you know what you're talking about. You're the expert. Yes. You don't exactly. you don't need to have the filler words in between like you're stopping to think about what it is you have to say. You're being intentional. And and you yes. are. You you are an intentional speaker. I just wrote a, a LinkedIn newsletter. It's my influential communicator newsletter. And it's on the nine ways to get to to deliver concise communication. It goes so far beyond just the annoying fillers. It's all the fillers. It's those words that take up space. It's getting people to stop using qualifiers, no personal jargon, get rid of your business jargon, get rid of the ambiguous, confusing language, get to specific and relevant it gets very detailed. So if anybody who's listening is interested in getting to concise communication, you want, you may want to check out my newsletter. <laughs> so I do have a question about that. How yes. do you keep in all of that format and still stay your authentic self, right? Where your energy, your unique self still stands out. I actually had a conversation to, um, with one of my clients that I coach, and we were talking about how we present ourselves through our social media. And she had mentioned that someone had said to her, you're a little bit on the harsher side, so tone it down. And she says, but I don't wanna change who I am. I don't wanna change, because that's who I am. So what would you say to someone, how do they keep their authenticity, who they are, their uniqueness, but still maintain in these steps to make a clear, concise communication um, strategy and really communicate that with, you know, their audience? I would say she shouldn't have to change her authentic self because if she's showing up on LinkedIn or wherever, her, or an Instagram, or I don't know, Facebook, Twitter, wherever it is, that is a, a piece of her and it's expected. However, if she was walking into a VC's office and she was presenting something about her business, she may not, if it's a, a, a long way of approaching something, She's just going to want to tighten it. You don't have to change your who you are. You don't have to change your style, your personality. Although I think VCs do want you to be more direct. Though there's situations where you just need to consider. And being concise, you can be your authentic self and just tighten it. Now, I know on LinkedIn, there's long posts. They're helpful. There's people who rely on, Karina, you you go out and you give and share your heart. And thousands of people who, who are listening to this podcast also look forward to your posts. That's not a, a place where you have to say, oh, I, I better cut 9,000 words here. Not at all. I think it's understanding where you are, who you're speaking to, what is expected, your, your audience matters. That's where you get to, mm-hmm. you always want to be calm. You want to be clear and true to your brand, concise, always consider the audience, but most of all confidence. And you can bring that with whatever speaker personality you have. So yeah. I hope that helps. No, I definitely agree with that because it's, it does fall back to that. There is a time and a place. Yes. For everything. And even, you know, 
sometimes our, our culture today is, you know, be me. And I, I am always me, always. But I understand that there's a time and a place for every scenario. And, you know, you can be a little bit more yourself in certain areas. And sometimes you got to be really business because this is the demographic that you are up against. And you know that it's going to behoove you and it's going to benefit you. But to be able to understand and accept the way that um, that's, I don't want to say that's just the way it is, right? We, we, sh we should always um, break these glass ceilings and elevate in life, but things do matter, right? And, and it's all about perception. It's mm -hmm. all about what, you know, the, the, that first impression, it's just like walking into a building, you know, that building can be clean everywhere. But if the floors are dirty right when you walked in, what is the first thing anybody's going to think? That the, the building's dirty, right? Dirty. That's what. That's exactly what they're going <laughs> to think. So you know, it is hard because we will make um, our feelings or opinions or judgment, whatever, however you want to put it. It's just the reality of life. That's what human beings do. So it is reality. Know. And I I want to add that. One thing that I've learned over the 30 plus years, you're not always going to make everybody happy and mm -hmm. that's okay. You may not come to be all on the same page with opinions. That's okay. Thank goodness we're all different. Mm -hmm. That's what makes this world go round. I think a, a little more understanding and listening and being able to say, I appreciate your opinion. I understand where you're coming from. That doesn't necessarily mean I agree with the opinion, but it, it's good that we're all different. Mm -hmm. And you know, we I wanted to. Selves. Yes, 100%. We should always be our authentic self um, and be mindful about you know, which area you're going into and how you're delivering your message. Because if there's something impactful that you want to do, you're going to really take that into consideration because it's really not about you. It's about the impact that you're trying to catapult into your community and your industry and society, whatever you're trying to change. It's, that's what I always stay focused in my mind, right? Like I know that I have to broaden myself uh, my viewpoints, my likes, my dislikes, because my main purpose is to make a actual impact in the, in the industries I'm in. So, you know, I want to be able to integrate a lot of people. So it goes farther beyond than just ourselves, uh, especially when you're trying to make an impact in, um, in business too. Yes. I think what you're speaking to is we all, I call it that it's passion potential because we have a passion. There's something that we really want to do and we believe it's going to help, but we just have to make sure that it's beyond us and that there's passion in the market or passion in the mm -hmm. community so that we can come together and rally around it. It's so much, it's so farther than who we are that it, it goes beyond the community and out into the world. So mm -hmm. the importance of that is is huge when you're trying to accomplish something is that passion potential because you're meeting with other people and their passion too yes exactly so I kind of wanted to go back a little bit because you had you know shared with us about um, your sudden loss of your daughter that was really unexpected and it really changed your entire uh, mindset of what helping and how you wanted to create your company. What would you say is like your greatest learning from all of that and that you then integrated into your company or, you know, your passion projects that you're, that you're working on? Well, number one, you never really know how someone feels. You just don't. And if you're looking out on social media and you're watching the way your friends and colleagues and even people who you don't know share, mm -hmm. we all have to take a step back and say, mm, that's social media. There are some folks who are just showing the highlights. 
not Karina, you, you are somebody who is transparent and you're sharing the good, the not so good, but there's more people who are just sharing the happy moments and it's hard to tell how they mm-hmm. really feel. So there's people in your life, there's people around you that might be struggling. And one of the things that I learned through all of this is you can know somebody so well, but if you're not really tuned in, and this is where all the mindfulness, I meditate, I've been meditating for five years, every single day for 30 to 45 minutes in the morning, I meditate before I go to bed. Because if you're not tuned in, you miss signals and cues. And that's where the whole, the voice, the words you use and the body language, if you can't see all of that come together, or if you don't understand somebody's voice, if you're not listening carefully the way they speak, even the distancing, the pronouns that they use, how they frame a story, and then what their body does, you miss a lot. Feel, if you you can, if you're aligned and you can read signals and cues, you're going to be able to tap in to how somebody feels a lot more than if you're running around stressed with all the things that you're doing in a day and you're sharing a lot, you're doing great things and maybe you're writing books and, and teaching at university. That that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot and it was great. And I know I was helping, but I wasn't tuned in to the Mm -hmm. point that somebody as close as my stepdaughter, something was going on and I wasn't reading it correctly. And I didn't want that to happen ever again. That is really interesting. Like that it went from communicating, right? It's all business aspect. It's, it's just that high level of what helps people and it helps people's companies and where they're going and their goals. But then it became, you know, this area where you really needed to be able to utilize it to see signals that were not being even spoken. Right. It's right. how interesting that, you know, that's for you, like it, it shifted into this really bigger, right. Meaningful, impactful area, but yet it still has to do with communicating um, yes. and that you were able to see through this unfortunate tragedy that um, there's so much more that people can derive from, get help with mm-hmm. just by communicating and understanding the skills that are involved in that. I think that the best way to really, really help somebody is to be able to understand on a different level. And if you're listening to them, but you're really hearing and seeing and using all of your senses, Mm -hmm. you're going to connect on a a much deeper level. And I, I also learned just through everything that I'm doing, I was trying to align, get people to be calm and clear and concise and confident. And then I realized, wait a second, you're not going to get to alignment if you have any kind of fears, any limiting Mm -hmm. beliefs, if your self-talk is negative. So that's when I really started to study the brain and I got into cognitive behavior therapy coaching. And that's another piece that's really important as I I believe as a communicator, because Mm -hmm. how do you help somebody to communicate if you can't get them to unlock for reasons that you might not be able to detect just by the words that they use? Yeah. And how much has this changed your business just by taking (laughs) this new approach? It's changed it tremendously in the sense that I have more training of executives and companies and groups than I've ever done in my entire career. Although that's always been a hint of my career. 
So mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you say you look back and you say, oh my goodness, that was there. It was mm-hmm. there the whole time, but sadly, and it shouldn't take a tragedy, but it did. So I say to everybody else, you don't want a tragedy, some horrific incident in, in your life that affects your or your loved ones and, and sadness to get to a place of purpose and true deep meaning and connections and all the things that you love to do. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to, to say that we don't want other people to have to go through these tragedies. Right. And that, and some people never, never have to go through tragedies to that level. Right. But it, it's, it is people like yourself who then puts themselves out there to say, hey, let's look at it in this perspective and learn in, in these ways to help improve your life, not only, not only in business, but personally. How can it improve your life in both ways? And that, to me, makes you very unstoppable because you are helping people exactly the way that the unstoppable brand was designed to find happiness and be that alignment within business and personal, because we deserve to have the two together and then being in the same vehicle, so to speak. And, you know, being able to say, look, I can train and teach you in communication. And not only is it going to help you be successful uh, professionally, which seems to be everyone's number one goal is when they're, you know, lacking money and things like that, you know, they're like, make the money and then I can personally be happy. But what if you could have both simultaneously and oh be my happy gosh. in both areas? This right? is, you, you're tapping into a movement that's huge. It's positive psychology because I'm reading a book right now, The Happiness Advantage. It's by Sean Aker. And Karina, you, you would love this book because it, it's so you. It's that you don't need success to be happy. You have to feel happy first to get to mm-hmm. success. Yes. But everybody, I won't say everybody, that's, that's a, a generalization, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of people who think, oh, if I have this, I can do this and then I'll be this and then I'll be happy. No, it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. That's, That's how our so, brains work. I'm so impressed with what you're doing because yes, you've done so many great things and you're, you are so well-versed and so many accolades and have experienced so much, right? You think, think you. all that, but really the fact that you're changing people's lives in both areas simultaneously and they're, they're being impacted in both areas is what is um, so beautiful. It's, it's something I admire and I love integrating myself with people like you because the more people who have this type of mindset is what's going to make, you know, that kindness and love and mindset and endurance and possibility and hope to continue to continue to thrive, especially when we're going through very hard times. And even, you know, the fear of the what ifs, especially in uh, our economy, the way things are today. You know, I recently was on an episode uh, for good. No, I was going to say good morning, Arizona, but it was for another uh, media. But they asked me, you know, what tips would you give someone who has uh, lost their job? And I said, the very first tip would be change uh, to uh, build your mindset because crap's going to happen to us. We're going to get hit square between the eye and nothing is going to protect you or prepare you more than having a positive mindset because you will be able to lift yourself back up, get yourself out of this. So, you know, companies that are really looking and integrating the two are the ones that are being the most impactful in my opinion. And people really should take notice and that's who they should also integrate their lives with people who see life in, in that, uh, that vision. Karina, that is, you were so spot on 
about there's always going to be things, challenges, and yes, sad, unhappy in our lives, but building up a, a muscle memory of positivity and getting to a better vibration of there's always hope to get to happiness and, and joy is really important. And I, I often say that point of contrast, whether it's the, the death of a loved one, the loss of a job, uh, the divorce, you, you lose your business, whatever it is, that's a point of contrast, which we wouldn't know the other end of the spectrum and what's truly happy if there wasn't a point of contrast. It's just not being stuck there. It's how mm -hmm. you can pivot and calibrate to something that's better. And any one of us can get wrapped up in a fear mindset just as easily as you can get wrapped up with the happy people and surrounding yourself with a, a, a better vibration because mm -hmm. that's going to move you in a positive direction. So I really appreciate what you said there. You have written how many books remind me a lot. <laughs> You've written a lot of books. Yes, I get, I mean, I wrote seven business books mm -hmm. and then I pivoted over after Noel passed away. We didn't know how to um, process our grieving. Mm -hmm. My field project or passion project was one way. My husband was trying to figure out there's another way. I know it. I've, I've got to figure out a way. It's children's books. So mm -hmm. we wrote three children's books together. So that's 10 books in total. And the children's books are all about feelings and values and helping families to explore how to listen and to have empathy in the home so children can take that outside of the home. And they're all uh, for charity, by the way, the children's books. That is amazing. And I do have one of Teacher's books. Um, oh, it was you. the A Whisper from Noel. Is that what that it That was the first one, A Whisper from Noel. Mm -hmm. And then we wrote Grandpa, Don't Worry. That's where Ashley Ann, the main character, Noel always comes and whispers in her ear messages of love, kindness, caring, empathy. And in Grandpa, Don't Worry, Ashley Ann learns that Grandpa's worried. And what do you do when somebody's worried? She comes up with a compassionate action plan, which is empathy and action on how to get grandpa not to worry and they can move forward together. And Daddy, Are You Listening is the last book that we, we wrote. Although we think there's a couple more coming. <laughs> That's, they're, they're really very lovely books and I really love the Thank artwork. You. Thank Your you. business books, I haven't dived into that. I'm definitely going to be looking into all of that. Um, what would you say are some of your, maybe let's give like three of your top tips on somebody who wants to improve their communication for business and life. What are your top tips that you would give our listeners? So I would definitely bring your authentic self. Answers for Modern Communicators talks a lot about authenticity and how you can bring that in your communications. I would also, as a professional, once you start unlocking and sharing your story, uh, another important part of getting your story out there is making sure you know where your story's going and what people are saying and to hear, yes, the positives and all the accolades, but if there are any issues around what you're sharing or your products or your brand, you want to take care of that. And then I'll just pinpoint something from my last book, the business book, which is Answers for Ethical Marketers. And that's all about how to be more ethical and have good judgment in your business communication that know your values. Understand that if I were to give you a values test right now, Karina, I'm not going to do it. I won't put you on the spot. <laughs> if somebody were to say, what are your values? you should be able to share your values in 30 seconds or less. It's almost that elevator pitch if you're in the mm -hmm. elevator with somebody. So sharing your values, knowing that you don't drop them at the door of your company when you go to work, whether it's your own company or somebody else's, you bring your values with you and that plays out in your ethical conduct, which is really important for your brand 
and your reputation. So those are three ways, three tips to, to consider. I know that the listeners are going to really want to have the opportunity to learn more about you, about your 60 second or less uh, communication accelerator program. Where can they find all this information? Well, they can go to DeirdreBreckenridge.com. And on my site, DeirdreBreckenridge.com, they'll see information about my influential communicator course. It is a DIY, do-it-yourself, align, get into your flow in 60 seconds or less. Uh, It's a Podia course. They can also learn a lot about what I do and some of the marketing, the PR through LinkedIn. I'm a LinkedIn learning instructor. I have eight, maybe nine or 10 marketing, public relations, handling unruly audiences, media training courses. And I'm always, always on LinkedIn so they can connect with me there. Yes, that's very true. You do have very in like informative information, right? Like there's lots of information out there, but yours is always top notch. It's key. Uh, I still, I very much, I'm always reading your newsletters. I'm subscribed on LinkedIn. So definitely if you're a LinkedIn user or you want to start LinkedIn, definitely start following Deidre and follow her, um, newsletter. Deidre, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience? Anything that you've got coming up? Anything that you're doing? Well, I already shared the influential communicator course. I'll just maybe say one more time that our children's books, they all go to charity. There is a fund set up with Noel's undergraduate school. It's an award and a fund. All of these books help psychology students to further their research in psychology. So if you purchase one of the books, you know that that's going to a really good cause. Amazing. Yes. Thank that you. Is, that is beautiful. So definitely check it out. Don't miss out on giving back in this opportunity. Deidre, thank you again for taking the time to share with us your unstoppable story. And I just absolutely love that I get to continue to be a part of it. Thank you. And I love that I'm a part of what you're doing. And Karina, I just adore you. So keep being unstoppable. (laughs) And thank you to our listeners. If you just love this episode, don't forget to leave us a review, comment, and keep listening. Thank you to everyone. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, everyone.